Hi, I am Hannah Beer, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Unraveling Money Podcast, where we approach the often stressful, and let's admit it, very confusing topic of money in an entirely new and different way. In this space, money gets to be blissful. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Unraveling Money. I have a very special guest with me today. She is one of the most amazing people I've ever met on the internet. I'm sure many of you can relate to this where you get introduced to someone and all of a sudden you're like, dang, I really wish we were neighbors. Um, but they're all across the world from you, but still you feel a really deep kinship. And anytime you talk, you just can't seem to shut up. Um, today, the guest and I like hopped onto the podcast, already started talking. And I was like, we have to hit record. It's going to be such an amazing, juicy conversation today. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Brita Aragon. She is based in Miami. She is a master soul purpose and vision coach. Her company is a retreat and coaching company called Detox Your Life. And uh, I could just keep going and going. She is a fascinating person. But Brita, I want to let you introduce yourself as well. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. And I know what you mean. It's like this click that just happens when you are just supposed to be with somebody like in relationship and partnership and friendship with them. And we had that. And so I'm so grateful. And thank you for that intro. I mean, yeah, just a little background on how, you know, where I've been and where I am now. It just, I think everything really happened for me at 16 when I had Hodgkin's lymphoma which is uh, cancer in the lymph nodes. And, you know, I love that time. It's really interesting to say that, that people say, you know, my cancer years were actually some of the best years of my life because there was a quality there, a childlike quality, which I often try to get back to when I'm in a challenging season or I share with clients. It's like when we get into this childlike, like, we don't take anything seriously. We trust that it's going to work out. You have a daughter, you know this. It's like, you know, she's not comparing herself to like what someone else is eating or what someone else is wearing. You know, she's in the moment, present. She trusts, she knows that she's going to be taken care of. And so that's what happened to me when I was going to chemo and radiation. I just like, I don't even know what I have. I'm going to give it no importance. All I want to do is go to the mall. (laughs) All I want to do is go out. All I want to do is just be with my friends. So that's like ignorance is bliss, you know, not knowing the severity. And I only had to have chemo for four months instead of 12. Anyway, that kind of was a pivotal moment that led me to my first career, which was in the beauty world, where I created a skincare line for people that were going through chemo and radiation and had compromised skin. I wrote my first book which was for people that are going through chemo and radiation, how to detox their lives on a uh, pretty much personal care level. So anything to do with skincare, body care in their home and food in the environment. And um, yeah, then that's, that's when I was in my thirties and I lost my father to cancer in my thirties. So I dedicated that to him. And then you know, and then I was moved. I had this massive moment where when I turned 40, I divorced, I sold my business, 
I left New York City and through prayer and meditation, I was guided to just go travel the world and start this new business as a vision coach. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, and I, though I'm very much a proponent of obeying the guidance and I took off to go travel for 18 months and I built this life coaching business with retreats, which is a passion of mine and did very well. And I was on this magic carpet ride at the same time I was becoming ordained on the Course in Miracles. So as I was studying the course, I was living it and I was seeing just the shift when your mind and your perception is above, is transcending all the fear thought system. It is like a magic carpet ride. But it is a mind training, right? I had to train my mind to reside in that place. And constantly the world tempts us all the time to veer off and to go over there and compare and to despair and to wishing and striving and efforting. And so, and then that led, that was what, I just turned 47. So that was seven years ago. And, um, and here I am today with you. So that's a little bit of where I've been. That's powerful. It's amazing how going all the way back to when you were 16, it's amazing to me how you were able to navigate that time. Would you say that because of, hmm, because of your youthful innocence and your, I know when we're really young, it's often really hard to understand the gravity of the life events that we're going through. You said that you were just wanting to go to the mall and all of that. Mm -hmm. Would you say that because of the youth being such a buffer for you, it wasn't an emotionally scarring time for you? I, it's, you know, and I often refer back to that moment. There's two times in my life where it was almost like my whole life collapsed. I mean, I didn't know that at 16, someone that probably got that diagnosis at 50 would be like, oh my God, like, you know, my life is what's going on. But at 16, yeah, it's what you said. I didn't understand what I had. I didn't want to understand. I was not interested in understanding what was going on. I just wanted to be out having fun with my friends. That was the primary goal. So for those listening, what if that became your primary goal today, that you're not going to invest so much time and energy in the so-called problems, the health issues, the money issues, the you know, I'm not saying forget, don't pay the bills and just go half, but, but you know what I'm saying when we are ruminating in our minds and we're in this loop and, oh my gosh, and we're trying to fix and we're worried and, you know, we're, we're feeding it energy. So I was feeding this cancer, zero energy, zero, zero. Like I didn't think I was going to die. And back then this was almost 30 years ago. It was like two out of five that you would make it for Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so here my parents are devastated. My family's devastated. My high school is devastated. Like the, the teachers, I had a kid come up to me in school and say, I hear you have, you have cancer. Are you scared you're going to die? And I, I mean, that's, he obviously is like, that's what teenagers say. But I just looked at him and I was like, what are you talking about? Like die. Why would I die? Like that was my answer. Mm -hmm. Why would I die? So when you don't let something penetrate you, 
that's immunity to some degree. And then that's transcendence to some degree. So without me realizing it as a 16 year old, the ignorance piece, the fact that I had a goal, which was not to fight anything, but to feel good. What can I do to feel good? And the fact that I wasn't giving it and feeding it energy, I really believe is what got me through because there was another girl at 16, had the same diagnosis, was in a different volleyball team because I played volleyball and we played against each other. We go both have the same oncologist and I finished, you know, like four months. He's like, I don't know where the, the tumors just shrunk and I, I can't believe this, but you're doing so well. And she went on to have chemotherapy for a year in radiation. So, I mean, everybody is different. I get that, but just, it was really interesting to just have that. Isn't it ironic? Someone else, my age, you know, that I knew same oncologist having the same kind of cancer. That's a powerful mirror. And I love the word you just used. You said that many people try and understand what's going on. And even the word understand is standing under something. So if there's Mm -hmm. a seeming problem presenting itself, what we're usually trained to do is to understand it, like to put ourselves under it, to make ourselves smaller than the problem. So then the big problem is kind of looming all over us. And we're like, I hope I can kind of push it up or like push it off of me or climb this mountain or like fight it off. And all of that, you know, feels really hard. And what I'm hearing you were able to do was to kind of dance above it. And it must have really been a powerful thing for your body to not have additional stress hormones running through it, you know, inhibiting whatever the medicine was trying to do. So that's a really, really powerful point to make because all of us are going to navigate the highs and lows of life to the best of our ability. It's really helpful to know that it really is okay Right. To stop the understanding and instead to to rise above it and to dance on top of it, to keep seeking the joy, to keep seeking the fun. And, you know, today's topic is about from trauma to abundance. And I believe that for me, so I navigated it mentally because and without trying. Right. You know, has something this is mindset work that now we were like, don't focus on it, rise above it, blah, blah, blah. Then it was just, no one was teaching me anything. That's just how I instinctually want dealt with it. But here's the beautiful, interesting thing that there was an experience that my body went through and my nervous system remembers and remembered what happened because it was a trauma. It truly was. So I rose above it. But my body, my nervous system kept the score, right? There's a book called um, Your Body Keeps the Score. And it, it remembered. And so for those that don't know what a trauma cycle is, you know, trauma is you have this traumatic thing. And it could even be that mom didn't pick you up on time when you were eight. And you really thought you were not going to have a mom for the rest of your life. And that's an experience that you, 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 you take in, you embody. And or your ice cream got taken away. And so you just assumed like, that's it. That's the end of the the ice cream forever. Whatever we make up as kids, because as kids, we do go to the worst case scenario and it feels permanent. That's why there's the ability to 
really go to that place where it's the end of the world and then the body starts all the adrenaline all the cortisol so when there's the trauma cycle you've got the activation you've got the charge you've got the all of these stress hormones and usually we want to finish that cycle but animals finish it right they they get chased by a lion like an impala gets chased by a lion then maybe it tries to flee so it's flight and then it tries to play dead so that's freeze and then you know the lion the tiger misses the impala and the impala gets up and starts shaking out all the charge so that's finishing a trauma cycle we don't do that i didn't literally start shaking or start talking to anybody or did any kind of movement to finish what happened. So everything got stored in my body. And then you start living, right? Then you become an adolescent. And then you're in your 20s and you're in 30s. And, you know, I've been married and divorced and I've been sober and healed an eating disorder. And, you know, so many things, the loss of the death of a father, been through hurricanes. I mean, you name it, there's many things. So what starts to happen is all that charge, unless you can start shaking it out and the body can shake it out. But we've been so programmed to not have twitches. We've been so programmed to keep it together, not to do what the body wants. We've been so programmed to live out of our heads and that controls what the body wants as opposed to letting the body have its natural sensations and impulses. So I'll finish my illustration by saying this, imagine a pool, right? Like a a swimming pool and there's all these beach balls and and the the pool is full of beach balls. And that represents all the charge, all the trauma residue that hasn't been able to be processed through the body. And so we're all, a lot of us are walking around. Everybody's had some kind of trauma. I don't care who it is, everybody. We're walking around with these full pools, full of beach balls, but we're praying for the promotion. We're praying to scale our business. We're praying to be blessed, to have the wife or the husband. And we're praying to have a full family. And we're praying to be able to run a business of, you know, 10, 20 employees. But there's no capacity. I don't care if it's in your vision, good, bad, meaning a, a great, it's, it's good for you. It's what you want. It's what in your calling. It's what you're praying for. If there's no space, there is no space. So people sabotage their dreams, what's in their vision, what they truly want. But sabotage is not, I don't define it as the world defines it. I define sabotage exactly that. And that is your pool is full. You don't have room for anything new. The universe doesn't care if it's, abundant if it's you know you're gonna there's no room so until we empty that pool one by one bit by bit there's no room for anything there's no capacity for anything so I'll stop there will you tell us about your personal experience um when did you discover that your pool was full and you came to the conclusion oh crap something is off kilter here and I really have to start detoxing my life Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Usually when there's store trauma, the body is trying to regulate itself. It's just what it does. And so regulating a nervous system where it's not constantly holding charge, so it can actually go into rest and relax. So that's regulation. That's switching from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. And But a body that's adrenalized, right, that's constantly running adrenaline, it's constantly hyped up. It can't live in the body. It has to live in the head because it's hypervigilant. It's constantly, there's a low grade, you know, thinking almost or perception that threat is going to come at any moment. So you can't stop really being cerebral because then you can strategize your getaway strategy very quickly. If you're resting and relaxing and then a lion pops up, it's like you have to, oh, whoa, like there's a whole shift that has to happen in the physiology. So to answer your question, how I knew, if people used to say to me, you think a lot, your boyfriends, you're in your head a lot, you overthink a lot. You know, I also had a symptom and, you know, trauma response, which the whole world is under right now, in a nutshell, from the pandemic, we're in this, you know, trauma response, that's chronic trauma response that we're starting to get out of. But I also had the sweating of the hands and feet. And for so long, I went to doctors and they're like, oh, do Botox or do this or take medication to, but not until I realized I had a practitioner when I lived in New York City that she says, this is a fear response. She didn't use the word trauma, but she said, this is fear. Your fear, there's fear in your body. And this is just the way your body is expressing that fear. And I never forgot that. And another way that I started to figure out this was I was short circuiting a lot, meaning like I would go full out to do things. And then it was like, it's like, I didn't seem to have enough room because I'm so driven and I have a lot of dreams, but I didn't seem to have room for all of it. It, it just, I kept short circuiting. It's like, you know, the, the, the burnout kind of scenario was happening a lot, which meant I was operating over capacity and I didn't understand yet what capacity was. So I was just operating from my head. Another way I knew that is when I had, a, uh, I think it was a somatic, yeah, somatic practitioner who asked me, how does that feel in your body? And I was like, feel in my body. What do you mean? Like, and I was so uncomfortable when that question was asked like so triggered. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how it feels in the body, but I can tell you what I think about it. You know? And she's like, no, how did that? So it was like this denial. So that's when I started to realize, okay, I'm not in my body. I've disassociated probably from the cancer experience. It was so intense. And I've never really learned how to live life from being in my body because it hasn't felt safe. So I didn't really start doing my cancer work till I wrote my first book, like to heal it, to heal what happened, because I didn't really realize. I I remember 2012 when I wrote the book, I was like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. I've had cancer. I had cancer. Like it just landed in like it just landed. I knew it. It hadn't landed. So 
that's kind of how I started to figure this out and realize all I put all these pieces together. I'm always in my head. There's no capacity. I'm short circuiting. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why I don't know what I'm feeling in my body. And, and that's when someone asked me like, have you ever had trauma? Is there something traumatic that happened? And I knew I had cancer. I'm like, no, I mean, I had cancer, but you know, and then that's, that's what opened the door for me with that. So yeah. That's amazing. It's so fascinating how we often go through life experiences and we just kind of move on. And I almost feel like it can be a blessing. At least if I'm thinking about my own journey, oftentimes my soul seems to hold off on certain issues that it's presenting to me until I'm in the right place to actually be able to address them. And then it's like, I wake up and I'm like, elephant in the room, like this thing. Wow. And then the resources and and the insights and the space and the safety and my own capacity to really address it is already all around me. So I personally find that there is a beautiful sense of divine timing with our healing journey sometimes, even though it might feel really disjointed, like, why am I healing this now? And like, in a or I want to be in a different phase of my life. But I personally find that for me, it's always so serendipitous. It's just perfect because anytime sooner, I simply would not have been able to go as deep as I really needed to around this topic. You're so wise. I love this about you always, but yeah, like I remember I went to a couple's retreat in Hawaii, um, not like the movie at all, but with my ex-husband and our healer teacher there said healing always happens in priority order. So if you're meant to remember about something, what happened to you in your young years, it's going to appear when you're ready, when you have what capacity Because if you're still dealing, like, for instance, with my cancer experience, I wasn't ready to to see it until I wrote the book, but it was just a snippet. And then, you know, when I was healing my eating disorder, the woman I was working with said, we need to look at your cancer experience. And I was like, nope, that has nothing to do with this. Like, I was so protective of that, anyone wanting to dive in there. because I don't think I was ready. And so you're right. And it wasn't, you know, I I traveled for 18 months and then I landed in Miami, but I still was living out of hotels and out of fully furnished places. This is now my place, but it's the first time, but for four or five years, I would kept on moving, but that served me in that I didn't then have to deal with anything that was coming up. I kept moving. I just kept moving. And whenever, when it was time to get this place, I had such resistance, Hannah, to like ground. And of course, the minute I got this place, the pandemic happened. And then eight months later, I tore, ruptured my Achilles tendon playing tennis. And God said to me, we need to, we need to have a long chat, not just in the morning or for a weekend, but for a while. And I knew this was my full and life will bring all of us to a full stop at one point when, you know, universe gets ready, then it gets you ready. So of course I was so, my desire was to get so good at tennis. Yeah. Well, there we go. That, that didn't happen. But so this full 
fought. And again, this, like I had friends and, and family taking care of me and they're like, you're walking through this so easy. I used the same strategy. It was like, to me, I was like a divine break. I didn't work for three months. People were feeding me. I could, I was like a baby. I pooped, I ate, I, I slept and I watched Netflix and I meditated. And I thought, oh my God, this is glorious. Like, why am I upset? You know, at the beginning I thought, oh my God, I can't work out. And all my stuff came up, right? But so I say this to say this divine timing piece about healing. Like we don't have to go look for things to heal or people can mention, what about your cancer experience? And I can say, oh no, no, but it'll find me when it's ready to find me. And it just found me this last two years after when the Achilles, gosh, last year, the, 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 the universe have its way with me last year because I was also stationary. So I could now use energy to look at stuff I had. I mean, I divorced and I went to travel the world. I sold the business, went to travel the world. Like there was no processing. I was in busy mode, which is also trauma response. Because busy mode keeps you from not feeling what's underneath. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I love this healing, the divine timing of healing. We don't need to find it. And I'll say this other thing too, because it may be useful to listeners. I've had two different clients say to me, they had a dream about something that happened to them when they were six or eight. And they never, or they remembered one had a dream and the other one just remembered like, and this woman is, I think 50. And she just said, she remembered that she was uh, like touched by a family member. And she was like, I, I, I think I'm making this up because it's like, no, like, and the pandemic, the stay at home order has been for all of us that when you take away the travel, the busyness, when you have to sit with yourself, when you have to recover from an illness, when people had COVID, why do we think all this stuff comes up? Because we're finally stationary. So I believe that sickness is sometimes a remedy. It's part of the medicine so that we can be with it because there's nowhere to go when you're sick, but with yourself. So yeah, I'll say that. You're amazing, Brita. This really resonates with me and I'm sure with many of the listeners as well, because so many of us who have been traumatized, we have this urge to be adventurous and to be free spirits. My Instagram handle used to be Hannah free spirited. And that's what I was known for. And like, we're traveling around the world and we're moving from place to place and we're starting all these businesses and we're growing them and it's being glorified And a lot of it can really be a trauma response. The thing that I'm now always keeping in my head, I'm always like aware that my trauma wants to create chaos. The healthy part of me wants to create peace. Hmm. So now I'm like switching gears in my life. And I'm like, what does it feel like to have a home with furniture I own? I'm exactly like you. I'm like, So I can like buy this thing and keep it. I'm not going to move across the world again next week. And it's like, like that, that's my divine order right now is to allow peace, to allow consistency. And like, it's almost like the ground beneath my feet is appearing and growing so solid. Like the fertile soil between beneath my feet is so lovely and soft. And 
amazing that now it feels like my, my seeds can take root and really grow sturdy. And that's the thing that I'm so fascinated by. So I love that you're on a similar journey. Mm-hmm. I also, yeah, to, oh, go ahead. I also want to ask you about um, your journey with money. And if, mm-hmm. if you're seeing any, um, I'm sure you are, like what correlation you're seeing between the, mm, the opportunities for healing that your soul is presenting you and how your money is flowing for you. Oh my gosh. Yes. So such a shift. And I actually was meditating and I made a note that I didn't want to forget. And I don't know, here it is. Um, I said, yes. So I wrote about this when, when we are in trauma response, which I'm going to use many words because trauma response may not resonate for somebody. If you're like, I'm not in trauma response, I may feel abrasive, but when you are constricted, when you're full of charge, when you're in fight or flight, when you're stressed out, when you're in PTSD, all of these things is just the same thing. The trauma, it's like the jaw, right? It's like we're clinging to the jaw, the shoulders. It's like you're even the furrow here because we're like, it's like this fight or flight or freeze where you're just stuck looking at a screen and you can't stop scrolling. And you know, you, 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 can, you can even have an awareness of like, I'm scrolling but you can't seem to get up and not stop scrolling or you binge watch a show that's freeze. That's where you're just overwhelmed. You've had enough, you're full and you don't know how to process your charge. So you just, you just binge watch and we've all done it. It's a way to get relief, but at the same time, what happens is with, with this particular thing with freeze is we get more stimulated with the screens. So for someone that's more like in freeze mode, it's find something pleasurable in order to stop, to stop, start thawing out the freeze. And, and it's like the pleasure starts to bring that. But again, a traumatized body doesn't know how to receive pleasure, a traumatized an adrenalized body, a cortisol body, a stress, the body that's constantly always thinking there's a threat, someone that's always in their heads, they don't know how to receive. So this is the key thing here with money. When you have a body that's adrenalized, constricted, the universe will come by with its money bags. I don't know, I thought this up the other day, and I thought it was a cool analogy. And it'll be like, oh, Hannah, okay, no, she she it's unsafe, because she's too, it's, she's full, the pool is full. Brie, oh, there's a little bit, we'll drop some, okay, Rob, oh, Rob's available here, take all the money you can get, <laughs> you know, it's like, so, but literally, we have to kind of think about that, like, we have to unpack it this way, it's like, the universe can't give you what you're praying for, if you're full, and so a lot of people in their vision, they don't know how to receive, so what the mind wants, so the mind wants to say, okay, I want to make $300,000 this year, $100,000, right? So that's the mind and you, you're doing all the mindset work and you're doing everything. But, but the body says, no, there's no capacity for me to receive. And so you're in an inner war with yourself now, keeping in mind that the mind and the body live on two different planes. So what happens that I wrote down that I didn't want to forget to share is when there's cortisol and there's adrenaline running through the system, we're preparing for danger. So how can you receive money when you're preparing for danger? What happens is it also throws you into separation. So now you have zero connection 
up to source because you're in trauma response and trauma response. You have to think quick. You have to move. You don't have time to be like, do I move this way? You're just in, in this hypervigilance. So there's no connection to source. And what I wrote is cortisol, adrenaline cause separation. So you're not connected to God or the divine plan. And that's where your money is. Mm. So your money is when you are connected to that inner guide, to that voice, to that wisdom. And that can't happen if you're in your head. It can only happen when you drop into your body, when you're embodied. When you're embodied, you let go of charge. The body starts to say, okay, there's nothing coming. There's no danger. You start to yawn. You start to relax. Your face changes. Everything changes. And you start to have capacity to receive. So having said that, joy, money, your vision, they take capacity. But when we sabotage, that's the body saving you from being overwhelmed. The pool is too full. We're going to sabotage this. We're going to end this operation of money making because we're full you know, alert, alert, whatever we have to do. So it looks like procrastination. It looks like perfectionism. It looks like canceling. It looks like, um, you know, going out and getting drunk the night before a really big interview. It, it looks like all those things. So what has to happen with, in order for you to, and same, same with joy. So this is why someone that hasn't really drained out, let's say the charge in their system, it's easier to overdo, to overwork, to overgive, because giving doesn't work and serving, but serving can kind of get destructive when it's overgiving, right? When it's no longer in alignment. So it's easier to give because giving doesn't require you to expand. Receiving mm -hmm. requires you to expand. So I hope this is landing for some people. Because if you can't, if you're not, you can't create anything new from a place of constriction. You can only create anything new from a place of expansion. So here lies doing the belief, mental work, which is the belief system and questioning the beliefs about the trauma that has happened to undo some stuff and doing somatic work that allows you to track the charge, release it, also have running belief systems through your body somatically so that the body starts to feel safe to let it go. Because here's another thing that happens with someone that's been living with chronic charge all their lives is they don't trust the release. The body doesn't trust letting go because it has been living with charge for so long. And before it was the, the trauma happened, we were relaxed. So the body remembers relaxation equals danger. That's why it's hard for some people to say, I don't know how to have fun. I don't know how to stop working. So we go back to how do you get into the physiology of receivership? There is such a thing as, a, and it's not just your gratitude list. That's part of it. That's part of it. Because when you start thanking the universe for what you have, and what you don't have yet, the universe is like, oh, again, the money bags come around. It's like, oh, well, she's, she knows she's getting it. So we're giving some of that there. So there is a physiology of receivership, which is being thankful for what we currently have and what's, what's coming. But also there's a physiology of receivership, which is expansion. 
which needs you to go into a place of relaxation. And that's the, 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 the skill to master because it's a skill and that's the good news. The nervous system, it can be reset. That's powerful. My clients all the time, especially after we've done some really deep healing, as you know, a lot of my yeah. work centers around the family system, family trauma. We talk about things, you know, it's all about money, right? My work, but we cannot heal your money without also addressing your family stuff. And so we go directly to the deepest wounds. We clear them out. We heal them. And then my clients come to me so freaked out saying, Hannah, I'm tired. I feel heavy. I'm crying all the time. I'm slow and I get so excited because that's relaxation and you don't even know it. Your body is like getting mushy and you're vulnerable and you're open and you're like this blob just on the sofa. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but like good things are happening, but I should be doing. I'm like, mm, let's back off for a moment. So I'm so loving what you just touched on. And I just want to add on that, that in my experience, it's normal to freak out because for many of us, this experience of relaxation in the body is so unfamiliar. And many yes. of us believe the myth that relaxation is a hot bath. It's lighting a candle. It's going to yoga class. My definition of relaxation is the deep knowing that life is safe, right, and good. You got it. You know, I was watching a P. Diddy um, uh, documentary. It was an hour and, and they, they got, they all got together, everyone in his label 20 years later to do a show. This was a few years ago. And he was, he had this, this artist on, I can, I forget her name that sang this song about freedom. And that became the opening song because he was talking about what is true freedom. And he said, you know, freedom is that absence of fear. And then, right, like you're, you're no longer in fear of anything. And so then the mind rests because it's trusting and it's not fearful. And now the body can, ah, like that, that deep, like, ah, like that's probably going to be like a month long sigh, right? But the body can finally rest because it knows. And the Course in Miracles tells us that connection to spirit is guaranteed security and safety but it's twofold right because it's not just the course the course the course and that it, it's safety in your body and, and so it's twofold it's the belief system to believe that and then it's running that belief system through your body so your body can now have evidence that yes you're right it is safe and I constantly do things like this like I constantly look all the way back and then turn around and all the way back because if you're anxious, it is important to send signals to your body or have a pillow and put it, you know, in front of you. So you start to feel safe, like the body, because it's one thing to know, well, I know there's no one else in this apartment, but my body doesn't know that if it just got some activating news, it now is going to like, there's a threat. And so we have to start doing somatic stuff with our body to be able to say to the body, look around. And once the body registers, there's no threat in here, I can relax. Because then we can start making decisions from that place of connectedness. Mm 
And when I'm also in fight or flight, I can't connect. I'm a God girl. Like I, I have a really connected channel to spirit. I, I don't make decisions without sitting in meditation. When I'm in a trauma response or activated, I can't hear the voice. Why? Because I just read to you, cortisol and adrenaline causes us separation. So that's when we think we're all alone. The world is unsafe and we have to strive. It's all up to me. I have to overwork. And, and so you see that fear thought system takes over. So I loved hearing that about freedom being that there's, it's the absence of fear. It gives me chills. I know. It also explains why at 47, happy belated birthday, by the way, you look like you're 12 because your body changes when all this like tension leaves, right? I mean, mind you, I'm sitting in front of a floor to ceiling windows. So the sun is, but no, I mean, I have like, my hands look like I have a neck that looks like it's like, you know, that I, I, I look young and it's jeans as well. And I was in the beauty industry, so I know how to take care of myself. But when I have to tell you, when I get the most sort of attention out in the world is when I am connected to spirit. Mm. why because going back to the definition from the course I do feel like I'm in guaranteed security and safety so I can relax (sighs) you are so powerful Brita we are unfortunately at time I could go on and on and on and on and on and on for hours and hours but we touched on some very important Things that might have been like an earmark for people to be like, oh, freedom, absence of fear, or, oh, security, connection, oh, uh, you know, like uh, the pool, like there's going to be something that opened up for you money. Okay, wow, I'm full. How do I unfold myself? That's not a word, but you know what I mean? How do I release then? Yeah, and the work that Hannah does, I mean, I love your work. I'm, I'm always blown away by it, but it is part of this because it is about passing down the ancestral trauma down the bloodline and you saying the buck stops here and and yes it's work that's it's not always fun necessarily to look at your stuff but easy does it that's baby steps the way we do this is softly gently while you're also going out for dinner and catching a movie it's not like all day all night like heal so you could make the money and do the service and have the impact you want it's slowly bit by bit you've got time that's another thing you've got plenty of time to do what you're here to do like there's no pressure you know be willing to earn and scale a business without pressure you're an angel Brita for everyone who's listening who are like who is this woman Hannah brought onto the podcast and why do I have chills all over my body how can they connect with you um, my website, so it's bridaaragon.com or I hang out the most on Instagram, but really, which is at bridaaragon.com, at bridaaragon, but I really, really, really hang out the most in my community page, which is Detox to Destiny on Facebook. So yeah. Amazing. All the links are below this episode. So scroll on down. You can read Brita's bio. You can click through to her Facebook group, check out her website, say hi on Instagram. She's one of the most loving and warmest people I know. So don't be shy to say hi. 
That um, rhymed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> I love you so much, Frida. Thank you for your time today. I love you too. Thank you. I've got a special gift for you. Claim your 13 Money Bliss affirmation cards and accompanying audio at hannahbeer.com slash affirmations. That's H-A-N-N-A-B-I-E-R dot com slash affirmations for free right now. These affirmation cards are magical. When you read them once, twice, again and again, they will open the way to a new and more fruitful relationship with money. You'll start to live this energy called money bliss and be astounded with the amazing results you can create in no time. I promise. Head on over to hannahbeer.com slash affirmations now.